This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Pope Runyon. And tonight we will review and discuss Seeking Light, the Neophyte's Notebook by Corrington Wheeler. The author will join us for the discussion. Corrington Wheeler is an American singer, a songwriter, a voice actor, a video filmmaker, and a ceremonial magician. He's also a Scottish Rite Mason and a student of several magical traditions. Now, his book is only 60 pages long, but it is well worth reading. Some of it is catharsis. That's wisdom from personal experience. But there is much derived from research and study. I was reluctant to invite Corrington on the Hermetic Hour until he explained to me that he wanted to lead other young people to the light. Now, reading his book confirmed this. Most of the youthful musicians attracted to magic whom I have encountered are on the dark side, which I consider spiritually corrosive. Corrington is a delightful exception to this trend and can hopefully be a positive voice in his peer group. So, if you want to meet a young magician who is pouring new wine into our old bottle, then listen in and meet Corrington Wheeler. Are you there, Corrington? Yes, sir, I am. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're actually, to tell you the truth, I'm kind of honored to have you because uh, this, this book of yours is a little jewel. In its own way, it's as much of a jewel as that, uh, that little Martin Fox book on the, about the same length uh, on the Emerald Tablet. So, first I would like you to, to tell, us, tell us about yourself and how you get in, got into uh, Hermetic Magic. Okay, sure. Well, um, like you were saying earlier, I, I do film, record, edit, and direct most all my music videos. Uh, sometimes I'll hire videographers to help. But uh, uh, I've had music played on uh, over 177 global television networks. I'm a nationally touring musician with large uh, commercial artists. Uh, I've played with, like, Lacey Sturma Flyleaf, Bubble Flag, Seasons After, Parabell, uh, Alien Ant Farm, um, some people from Trapped, and even more. And uh, my last album even featured artists that were signed to Fearless, Hopeless, Victory, In Vogue, and Spine Farm records like Dayseeker and The Color Morale. So I've always been very into music, but I wanted a good positive message. And it was about the the time that I got into music that I also got into esotericism. So I became a Master Mason about nine years ago, shortly after I joined the United States Air Force as a meteorologist. And uh, I moved on uh, to become a Shriner because I became infatuated with masonry. I just loved it. And uh, then I went on to become a Knight Templar of the York Rite, a 32nd degree of Scottish Rite. 
Um, I taught myself the 33rd degree curriculum on my own because you can find anything on the Internet. And then I decided, you know, I, I want something more. I'm, I started getting a little taste of esotericism, and, and a really I, was, I had a thirst for knowledge. So I moved on to Boda, the Builders of Adidam, um, the Theosophical Society, uh, Sodalitas Rosicrucus, uh, Ecclesia Thurgica Apostolica Rosicrucus, and then I moved on to really just independent study with both like Kabbalah, Golden Dawn Tradition, Solomonic, Enochian Magic. And uh, more recently, I started pursuing Krasium Shea traditions, uh, which I actually started my own society that focuses on invoking the Ashe or uh, Tuhat Dedan. So it's been uh, definitely a uh, an intense journey, very quickly, but uh, I've learned a lot. Yeah, well, uh, you certainly have been able to uh, express a lot of what you have learned and put it in perspective in this little book. As I said, at first, you know, I thought, my gosh, it's just it's a 60-page book, and and uh, you know, I, I was kind of I was kind of leery about it, you know. So I asked you to send it to me, and and you did, and uh, I read it, and I I thought, my gosh, you know, almost all of the people, you know, the young people interested in music, as you probably know, they're that a lot of them are into the you know the heavy, the heavy, uh, heavy metal rock. Uh, you know, death rock, yeah. rock kind of stuff. They're about as esoteric as they get is they figure out a way to be Satanists and and tell people that they're Luciferians. You know that that that's their that's their excuse. You know they, they say, oh well, Lucifer. You know he's the uh, angel of light. Well, uh, actually, Lucifer is as as you probably know already. Lucifer is a hoax that was created by. Isaiah, or whoever wrote the book of Isaiah. Lucifer is a is a composite of all the fallen angels in the book of Enoch. The, a lot of them use this as an excuse. But you seem to be uh, approaching this from uh, a Masonic perspective, as you, as you know, that the big thing in Masonry is the, is the search for the light. Yeah. Do you want to give us your thoughts on on the nature of, of the light as far as masonry is concerned? So the way I tried to integrate my thoughts on that into the Neophytes Notebook, um, to kind of give a little bit of a, a backstory, I um, I learned my alchemy from the occult author Darcy Kuntz. He's a, a great friend of mine and mentor. And I started taking Goetic and Enochian master classes with S. Connolly, Aaron Leach, Scott Michael Stinwick, uh, Josh, God boys, uh, Jason Newcomb, and a friend of mine, Frater Ashen Chasson, who actually makes all my magical equipment custom made, which uh, he's an amazing guy. And um, so from there, they really inspired me to, to write. And um, so when I wrote this book, I was actually in the process of completing the very same journey as uh, – the book that you had sent me, uh, Adamson's uh, Quest, and um, to kind of relate it to that, I was kind of in the same process as the character Adamson. I was in the, I was learning the language of magic. I was building up my magical current and kind of submerging myself in the SRC's egregore. I was reading books by Israel Regardi, Aleister Crowley, Dion Fortune, and I was really just inspired to bolster my dream journal and magical diary. So each chapter that I wrote it tells a story, like a state of mind or a topic, which I formed into yeah. like esoteric-based songs. And each song on my Seeking Light album has its own unique chapter with a background story in this book. Uh, but towards the end, I actually start going into philosoph like philosophical, personal opinions, 
and uh, my understandings of the universe. Um, not so much a Sigmund Freud follower, kind of, you know, how he delves into like psychoanalysis, but um, as much as I am with like Carl Jung and his friend Wolfgang Pauli, which he was a quantum physics pioneer, and the guy was even nominated for a Nobel Prize by Albert Einstein, which is amazing, and, and it was kind of why I gravitated towards them, because they both saw how esotericism is the true science that should be explored in helping not only yourself but others. And one of the last sections of my book, I go off on this rant about postmodern spirituality and how we as a collection of societies globally should be implementing this new age scientific methods to advance our minds rather than remaining stagnant and lining our pockets selfishly like everyone does. Well, you know, uh, in the, the, the latter part of your book, uh, you you deal with a observer-oriented physics and then the the business of charging water and and all of that. You spent some time in Japan. I think that's where the uh, the the experiments with magically impregnating water got started, right? Yes, I, I actually lived out there whenever I was uh, uh, in the military for about four years, and I studied. Uh, I studied all kinds of shamanism out there off Kudakajima, which is where a lot of um, shamanism was, uh, or the Utahs used to study. I studied um, all kinds of different, uh, they have amazing things. You know, their spirituality and they are extremely superstitious. They truly will pay and do believe in, in shamans to come bless a car when they're their son or daughter gets a, their first vehicle to, uh, you know, bless it for protection. Here they would, you know, they'd be like Satanist, you know, <laughs> it's a completely yeah. different society. I was very open to it and I loved it. Everyone is very wholesome and they're uh, more grounded. You can tell. Interestingly enough, they, they actually kind of, kind of uh, like our, our, uh, our Goetia and, and and they 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 kind of got got adapted it and then they started making little Goetia action figures. <laughs> I got a, I got yeah, a couple it, of them. Funny. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, all, I watch. Uh, I'm a huge nerd and I just love entertainment in general. But it's funny how many uh, anime and cartoons and and TV shows you'll see with a with actual Goetic sigils and very like accurate. And I'm like, wait, why why is that on TV? <laughs> You know, uh, our our mutual friend Brian Garner, uh, Ashton Chasson, he has a ninja dojo. He was a student of Dr. Hatsumi, and and I I was a student of one of Dr. Hatsumi's senses. Did you ever get into into ninjutsu? I did not. I was uh, uh, more into sword arts, and uh, and actually. Uh, Karate was actually like invented on Okinawa, so that was what was big over there. But I also studied uh, Taekwondo in my youth, but I, I wasn't. I did it more just for fun and for exercise. It wasn't. But I do understand that martial arts is a, it's almost like magic because it's a it's a discipline of the mind and of the body, which is it, a lot of those traits carry over into magic. Oh, absolutely. In fact, Enjutsu has a has a magical grid system called Kuchikuri that uh, that uh, some people think it derives from uh, Tibetan Tantra, but I uh, I, can, I I think it, it it owes more to Taoism than it, than it does to Tantra, but that that's you know it's just just my take on it. But uh, yeah. anyway, uh, ceremonial magic as as we do it owes a lot 
into self-hypnosis and yoga and tantric yoga, and, and I studied with Sakya, Tibetan Sakya order on tantric yoga, so I got a kind of a background on that. But in your book here, you're dealing with several very, very new scientific breakthroughs and, and uh, aspects toward the end of the book. The impregnating of the water was one of them. There's some other new, new uh, scientific disciplines that you're dealing with. You want to talk about some of those? Which were some of your references here in the in the in the latter sure. part of the book? For for those listeners who uh, aren't familiar, there are uh, there have been uh, scientific studies done, uh, especially in Japan, uh, where they'll take different uh, frequencies and sounds and or even just speaking words to water during uh, the freezing process, and then they will see how the water crystallizes. And you'll notice how positivity, whenever you uh, input positivity into a message and then the frequency of your voice, uh, the way it affects the water is it will have a beautiful crystalline feature whenever it is something nice, sincere, love, uh, a greeting. And when you say like hate, death, anything out of malice and actually have the intent behind it, the crystal uh, of the water when it freezes is just muddy and it's it's very disfigured. And that is a huge implication. Humans are made up of what percentage of water? Like <laughs> almost entirely. So, I mean, you can yeah. see how that would affect them. So, and, and magicians, we've always known that, you know, intent is a huge thing and that these energies are emitted off of people every day. When you walk around, you go to work and then you get home and you think, man, why do I feel so, so strange? But that's one perk that magicians have over normal uh, people is that we can level ourselves out. We can banish or invoke. Uh, we can, you know, say, hey, let me do this zodiacal ritual, and I'll just try to level myself off. Uh, I had uh, uh, one of my uh, – I, I wouldn't call him a student because I taught him some things, and he taught me some things, so so it was a sort of a reciprocal process. But uh, he had a he had a really good method for for getting rid of all of that uh, all of that negativity that people thrust on you and, and the gifts thrust on you. And what he would do is he'd take a washcloth, you know, and he'd soak it in in cold water, and then and then he'd wring it out to where it was damp, and then he and then he would whirl it around his head, and you know. Uh, clockwise around his head and spin it around, and what it would do was it would create a kind of a an upward uh, an upward vortex or or, uh, or an upward uh, an upward uh, sucking whirlpool, and it would suck this stuff right up out of right up out of him. And he he told me about it and and, and demonstrated it, and and so I tried it, and sure enough, it works. I mean. You know, you just uh, but you have to when you when you do a thing like that, you have to uh, kind of impel it with your mind. You know, you you uh, it, it is it isn't going to work unless you unless you direct it to work, and uh, and that of course requires a a super sound mantra. You got to say inside your inside your head. You you say I I am I am purifying myself. I am I am taking all the negative energy and and uh, yeah, and it, 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 yes, you certainly can't do it. You know, I, I remember years ago we had a a go-go dancer uh, back when they were doing go-go dancing. We had a, a beautiful lady, a go-go dancer, and 
she would uh, accumulate all of this negative energy, you know, uh, from all the, all the guys on the, you know, looking, you know, watching her while she was performing. And uh, so we taught her. We taught her this this trick with the with the uh, with the washcloth, and that that really helped her. You know, she'd come home. She'd she'd come home uh, after a, after doing a show, and 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 then then you know purify herself this way. Anyway, yeah. As I said, yeah. This this these techniques uh, need to, uh, are certainly good. You know. There is a chapter in your book. Uh, the chapter in your book, which is, it is. Uh, I, I was thinking about not not, uh, not mentioning it, but then on the other hand, because it's it's uh, it, it's you know it's, it's politically. If we were to de- if we were to descri- uh, describe the, the secrets that are implied in this thing, if we were to explain them, it would be politically incorrect to the max. But uh, but it's 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 a chapter. I I almost want to recommend the book uh, to to thoughtful people just to read this uh, just to have them read this chapter because uh, and then meditate on it and figure out what it means. And for heaven's sake, we're not going to tell them what it means. But no, we don't we don't dare we don't dare we don't dare tell them what this this chapter means. But I was thinking <laughs> that I would read I, I would read it. I would read it and 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 uh, and if they can anybody on anybody that can figure out what it means uh, uh, is, is welcome to keep their there. But if you can figure out what it means, for heaven's sake, don't talk about it. That the chapter is on, on page thirty. It's called the tragedy of of Houston. And and yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 Honestly, I'm, it's this, just, is it's, the, this is the one chapter that most people have the most difficulty with understanding because all the others are more of just kind of, uh, I want to say creative poems of philosophy, whereas this is an actual story um, of past, future, and yourself. So that's exactly right. And not only that, uh, it's, uh, it sets up, it, 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 it's the background of a situation that we have that is, that exists in, in our, in our Western world today. And, and it's the background that leads up to it. We're all familiar with uh, with that uh, with that film, The Matrix. And in a way, this this chapter describes the formation and the, and the formation of the Matrix. But anybody today, anybody who pays, anybody who pays taxes, anybody who has a credit card is plugged into that Matrix. I, I think I will read it, and then anybody who can figure it out uh, from what from from just from my reading it, then then they're 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 welcome to. But if they can figure it out, for heaven's sake, don't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> the ships of yeah, all right. Here I go. All right. The ships of Newport and privately owned fleets of Lopez hid from the standard pages of history, piled forth fortunes and expanded their reach into multiple ventures and investments, crumpling perceptual fabrics of time while ferrying souls of the dead across the Atlantic. Ink vanishes from pages, and archivers flippantly wash away ancestral memories. Hebrew blood boils in 1749, while doors open to those seeking light. Children of Abraham beg for fairness, acceptance, 
and equality to eliminate bigotry and persecution. However, Sexius speaks, his tongue dancing and twisting for the father of an infant nation, preaching his mantra, love the power of silence. Too difficult it may be after hoarding endless plunder and expending unimaginable riches to recall the reflection and realize the hypocrisy they exude. Ethics and morals are subjectively determined by social dependence on geographic location and age, driven by public self-perception and virtues. Modern companies follow suit, not adhering to morality, but digging trenches deep for economic profit. They base themselves in foreign lands operating on home soil, known only through their subcontracted alias. They leech upon the contagious consumerism that plagues the world, glaring observantly through a clandestine shadowed veil. Unfathomable numbers wither, shrivel, and drown, while the great unknown achievers' untold success, founded on these sickening principles, follow suit with mere minor adjustments to slowly poison average minds, respectively weakening their monetary state of being. Sacrifices for the benefit modified to sapping life and planted their roots globally. Their vines humanly slithering around our necks, choking the grinning ignorant. Read the signs, pick up the clues, and deprive your neighbor of, his, of your monetary actions while concealing intentions. Claim no restraints. Darwinistic principles apply, for in the end, the only concern is progress while pursuing unholy objectives. Avoid direct side effects of violent trepidation. Let ambitions be silent and vicariously unfettered by the overwhelming idols that are played as pawns shaped like clay and modified by respective desires and inhibitions. I have presented both your current state and an extreme. The varying degree by which you now pursue it is your choice. Now, Corrington, you recall yep. when the mad prophet uh, when the mad prophet deal sat at one end of the boardroom and the great mogul Johnson was at the other end and said, You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and I will not have it. You recall that? I do not. From that work? Yeah, Patty Chasky, what you have delivered here should be read and studied along with Jensen's speech, which the actor Beatty delivered. You can review it on YouTube. It's from Network, from the film Network. What you have here should be studied along beside Beale's speech. Beale's speech about the nature of the, of the universe. The world is a business, Mr. Beale. It always has been ever since man crawled out of the slime. <laughs> yeah, this this is wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful and needs to be studied. As I'm saying, if, if for no other reason, that chapter is, as far as I'm concerned, that's the gold in the book. That's the secret. Every thinking person concerned with what's going on in the world and in the country and everything should get the book just so they can study that chapter. Now, but we aren't going to tell them. We aren't going to tell them what it's about. It's got they got to find it out themselves. It'll help to study it. <laughs> yeah, it'll help to study it along with Beale's speech. Well, that that'll help. Now, 
there's something else in here that I kind of want, want to ask you about. In the beginning, in the personal catharsis area, where you were discussing kind of uh, how to deal with a lost love and how to deal with, with lost parents and how to deal with uh, with tragedy in your family and all that, which is all yeah, very good. Uh, it's all very good, but I want to ask you about this. You're aware that one of the requirements of masonry is that you believe not only believe in God, but you also need to believe have a, have a belief in an afterlife. Yes. And you you spend some time talking about you know the at the absolute nature of physical death, you know, uh, and that may confuse some people. They may be thinking, uh, because it's so difficult for most people to separate the idea of of spiritual survival, and they get it equated with physical survival. You know, one of the examples of this yeah. is, is yeah, the whole vampire thing, you know, the idea that that vampires supposedly rise up out of the grave and and they and they actually have physical form and they can actually bite you and all that kind of stuff. That wasn't what they were originally. Originally, the vampire was a, was an energy sucking ghost and and uh, he didn't have any. And there are people I, I believe that uh, do the have the same effect. There are people that are vampiric as well. I just met one the other night. After about uh, two hours with him, I was totally exhausted. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. What I wanted to ask you about is is that you are aware, and, and I, I, I'm not quite sure you're making that much of a point out of it, but uh, that there is a difference between the mind and the brain. And in, yeah. in the Western tradition, yeah, in the Western tra- Hermetic tradition, and in and which which has a big influence on Masonry, we conceive that the mind is, in in a sense, somewhat independent of the brain. In other words, yeah, granted, it's the program, it's the software for the brain, but it has its own uh, non-locatable existence. In other words, the mind can exist independent of the brain. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, uh, and I, think you... uh, I think it's funny you say that too, because a lot of people seem to think that um, it's just the struggle between the mind and the brain, and the the perception of me versus my body. When the mm-hmm. the case is your 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 soul, the which I believe is the um, electronic. Uh, or the electric signals bet- firing between your synapses, I think that's your soul. That's what defines you are based on your memories and stuff. But your soul is shaped using those memories and your past and your experiences. And based on those experiences, that's what it, it is inspires your soul to be and gravitate towards and uh, basically defines its character. And a lot of – kind of like how you said in the seventh ray um, – a lot of people fantasize of uh, paradise and um, sexual fantasies and dreams of earthly comforts and riches and power uh, in the afterlife, but that's not the case because when you die, your memories, it's, are, they're with your brain. They are your brain. So when your brain rots and decays, what your brain has shaped is your soul, and the soul moves on. And it's uh, kind of like when you, know, you, you start talking about uh, um, the royal secret where – you know, you can make the Philosopher's Stone the Holy Grail. You become immortal because you realize that you are the great I am, and the I am never dies. And that is the, the 
the you know the spirit that exists between the synapses in your brain that will gravitate and move elsewhere later on. But I yeah, think it's well, also uh, interesting um, that you uh, you were writing about um, how the human mind itself, not just the mind, but the different parts of the brain functioning together. Uh, is like a micro universe, how the same data can be uploaded and downloaded to run on micro and macro applications through uh, like Enochian works and Noam Chomsky's uh, human programming language, uh, like it's a software. I thought that was fascinating because that is absolutely true. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're onto it there. I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I love about Noam Chomsky is, is that he, <laughs> that he almost single-handedly destroyed B.F. Skinner's uh, B.F. Skinner's behavior behaviorism, Skinner's Skinner's Manchurian Candidate brainwashing behavior mod uh, was mm-hmm. based on the idea that everything that, that that everything we learn is based on system on uh, stimulus and response. That was Skinner's idea. Chomsky came along and said, uh, "Wait a minute, human beings." are born with what you would call a grammar machine. They actually, according to Chomsky, uh, that human beings are born with this grammar machine, and they will make up. If you can take a, you can take a couple of babies and raise them together in a in a in a almost a unique environment, and they'll make up their own language, and it'll actually have a grammar. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that this is a human a human characteristic. And that completely, so therefore they learn, and, 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 and uh, human beings learn differently than the stimulus and response. This was a, 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 you know, a milestone because uh, there are still still people, especially out here at UCLA, there are still people who, who thoroughly believe in Skinner. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, they, they do. They, they even, even though Chomsky, uh, Chomsky, you know, shot it down, but... Uh, and as far as and I, and I think that there's plenty of evidence to back that up too, because look at the there's a rare uh, psychological condition where, um, and it's been reported multiple times where a person can hit their head, you know, being a native English speaker, and then when they come to out of you know uh, their concussion or out of you know blackout or their coma, they're speaking Mandarin or a completely different language, and they have to relearn English. Like uh, they speak a language they've never spoken before it's wild yeah well you remember what socrates said he said we don't learn anything we just remember things yes <laughs> yeah and and then that and of course i notice also you refer to sheldrake in here and 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 sheldrake of course is a theosophist and and he believes in the akashic record you know the akashic record uh, sounds very much like the computer, like the like like the cloud for uh, for digital records, and and it's almost as if the the the, the whole cloud concept, computer uh, cloud concept, seems to be a uh, seems to be a kind of a reification of the Akashic records idea, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, inter- it's interesting how how so much of our of our computer science seems to be seems to be a sort of a reification of, of earlier esoteric uh ideas and this is the cloud certainly is one of them but uh, i think that, also, uh, we, we certainly had a lot of lot of knowledge uh even i mean you can look back at um uh megalithic 
monuments around the world, like uh, the Bighorn Wheel and where is it, like Wyoming, um, and and all these places around the world, whether it be Mayan, Aztec, you name it, uh, Egyptian, and they were astrologers, and they had it down to a science. They had mathematics. I think that what a lot of religions did after the – there was a time where religions were kind of the Wild West, and there were tons of deities, tons of religions, and then uh, the larger ones that we know today started really um, taking over. And because of those and the rules that were implied with each of those religions, they really suppressed knowledge and suppressed science and mathematics and uh, called it heresism. You know, and so that, that there was a time in our history where we lost knowledge. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, hermetic, uh, hermetic magic, uh, and, and of course, alchemy is is also a part of hermetics. Hermetic magic is all astrological, everything, all the imagery and everything, and, and of course, the big secret behind it, uh, the, the secret dynamic behind hermetic magic is that we have the planets and all the signs of the zodiac inside ourselves. You know, where the human the, the the human being is a microcosm of the, of the of the macrocosm. But what they what they thought of as the macrocosm in those days was the solar system. You know, the universe didn't go beyond the solar system back in medieval times and back in in Hermes's day. You know, back in back in the days of class, classical Alexandria and all you know, into the Middle Ages, the solar system was the universe because beyond that uh the realm of the fixed stars was you know just just a, a sort of a sort of a big uh a big interior globe with a bunch of lights on it i mean they didn't <laughs> they really didn't realize that they didn't realize that the extent of the extent of the universe at that time but uh so that so our universe was the solar system and it was all inside us and then we had the zodiac around it now do you remember plato um in the Timaeus, he said, well, the planets revolve one way and the zodiac revolves in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in another. They, they, the zodiac, I forget whether which one's clockwise, which one's counterclockwise, but one of them, with the zodiac is, is Deosil and, and the planets are Wittershins or whatever, but it's a dynamic. And according to Plato, is all of our problems, all of our of our uh, miseries, all of our problems, all of our conflicts, and everything result from the fact that the that the zodiac is, is revolving one way and the planets are revolving in the opposite way, and this is all going on inside us, and so we have to. Yeah. So our astrology, yeah, and our astrology is all based on this dynamic. And frankly, I don't know about you, but I uh, I'm enough of a magician to where I. I into that. I I I I really do. My lady is a lot better astrologer than I am. Uh, fortunately, she's uh, she's got the astrological knowledge, so I depend on her about about that. But but still, <laughs> astrology is what we base this whole whole thing on, and and it has been ever since the beginning. And you know. They, the capitalists will tell you, oh well, the Zo the, the, the Zohar isn't isn't astrological. Well. <laughs> When you when you read the Zohar, you find out that it is. There's you know, and I, I think that a lot of uh, people that because I one of my main goals is to get people interested in self awareness, self realization, start learning magic if that's something that that can you know uh, 
help them attain knowledge and, and really refine themselves as people. They don't, whenever, if they do get interested or get a wild hair, they pick this stuff up and they don't realize yeah. that, oh, well, the, the Kabbalistic tree has, um, it has Hebrew attached to it. There's geomancy. It has Enochian. Uh, if you look at Yasad, oh, that's Luna. If you look at Kether, that's Pluto. Like, they don't realize how everything is tied to everything. <laughs> like, it's all tied together like a spider web. And so they study one part and say, oh, well, this didn't work. But they need to look at everything. And that's why I think it's so imperative. And I really preach to a lot of my listeners who, who, who do listen to my music uh, to learn the language of magic first. And that's uh, kind of like how you said, you know, um, enlightenment is a totally individual condition. We cannot share the flame, but we can share the glow. I, I too, say in, in one of my songs, I say, I can't change you, but I'll provide the tool, you know, and, uh, and people just can't comprehend the huge picture because they're too focused on small. Yeah, you're right. The big thing we have a problem with in magic is trying to get people to realize the big secret that you need, actually, you need to know the big secret. Before, uh, you should really realize the big secret before you ever get started. And if you do realize the big secret before you get started, then it makes it a lot easier to, to progress and actually do the work. And the big secret, yeah. of course, you know, I'm going I'm to give Stephen Flowers credit for this because I didn't realize until I read it in his book, Original Magic, that Zoroaster, Zoroaster was the first of our, of our philosophers to really define God. And Zoroaster, according to what Stephen Flowers said, Zoroaster defined God as human consciousness. Now that, that when you think about it, that's it. That's the great secret. That's the great I am. You know, that's, and that's what the Kabbalists uh, have known for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, sure. Yeah, Meister Eckhart uh, discovered it, and 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 the Kabbalists knew it, and and uh, the Gnostics knew it, and it was uh, you know the Gnostics had three levels. They had the uh, the Hylics, the Psychics, and the Pneumatics, and the Pneumatics knew it, and the Psychics were the the true believers in the symbolism. And the Hylics were just the people outside the temple who didn't know anything but but might but might come in and try to dance and that was it. This is this is one of the things though that I'm wondering about with trying to lead people to the light, which is what you're trying to do, and especially you know leading young people to the light uh, with your music and 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 all. What what I'm wondering is, should we even try to lead people to the light who really don't want it, who who really are not? Uh, like, it seems like, according to Hermes, uh, there there are those who have the speech and not the mind. In the fifth book of the Hermetic Corpus, uh, he defines that those who have the speech and not the mind, and those who have the mind or the norms. They can be taught. They can they can understand the great the great secret. Yeah, they they can. But there but there are those who just who have the speech, who who are never going to get it. So I'm wondering I'm wondering if if, if anybody's if we should if we should even try. Sometimes these people sometimes these people who have only the speech they seem to want to to learn and they want to find out, but they can't handle it. If if they can't handle the great secret, they should not even try to, to uh, not even try to get into this. 
What do you think? I think that a lot of a lot of people in the United States and in first world countries in general are of the mindset if it ain't in the Bible, it ain't real and it's Satanism. And what's funny is they don't realize how, you know, they, they could look at Christian mysticism, the the Kabbalistic studies, which is Hebrew, and based on closer to the original religion of monotheism than any of the Christian stuff, because the Bible's been shredded apart, some books omitted, redone. And, you know, whenever it comes down to it, some say that you know, with more and more people becoming more curious with mysticism, it seems to be like a double-edged sword because they're becoming curious but not dedicated enough to learn it properly. And and I did write about this in my book because I think that they get really frustrated and blame they, – they play the blame game when anything bad happens, and they just blame it blindly when they didn't comprehend it. Um, you know, higher levels like the third order of magic, those are more dangerous. But if you don't know what you're doing, because half of it is with the psychological condition, if you aren't able to handle reality, then uh, you aren't, you know, in the fabric of the universe, then you can't handle, you know, uh, it's it's overwhelming for a lot of these people. And I, and, I, and I talk about this. I actually had a conversation with a fellow magician the other day. We both agreed that the ironic paradox of occultism, by it growing and becoming more popular, because let's face it, grimoires used to be able to get them at garage sales, and now they're $5,000, $10,000. Um, by it growing, it's actually destroying it because it's by depletion of esoteric value. Because even in the Bible, I think it was like Matthew 7, 5 or 7, 6, it says, don't give what is holy to dogs and do not cast your pearls before swine because they will trample them under their feet and tear you to pieces. And yeah. I think the, you know, as uh, Merton and Sufism said, the secret is furthermore not clandestine out of paranoia or some perverse pre uh, predilection for elite exclusivism which most people say, oh, well, magic is for the exclusive, for the elite, and that's not the case. It's because exposure and publicity is always crude, and it compromises the message trying to be preserved. You know, And any, as with the meaning of any um, uh, original message or you know, mysticism, any attempts to expose it um, void of any legitimate logic of rational analysis will spoil it forever, and it robs it of its all magical meaning. And the truth will vanish in a puff of smoke, um, kind of like ripping a veil off, you know, the hidden symbols and secrets. And because it's the it's the path, it's the the triumph of and the determination of making it through the journey that builds you as a magician. You have to figure those symbols out. You have to figure out on your own. What is this? How does this elemental ritual make me feel? How does it affect me? Does it affect me positively, negatively? And you write it down in your dream journal. You learn all about, you learn more about yourself, and then you learn more about the universe. And it's the process of grinding and figuring those things out that make you and mold you into a musician. Now, if everyone, you know, all these, you know, secret orders just printed books that, Okay, you're going to do this, X, Y, Z, 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 dun, 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 dun. Okay, and that's it. You wouldn't, there would be no magic, and you get no, nothing out of it. Well, yeah, so. you're, you're right about that. Uh, along with that, we always, uh, we have a charge and response, no scratch ipsum, know thyself. 
And then the response is, to us Deus, you are God. We've been doing that ever since ever since we got started back in 1970. We adopted that. We must have had a, you know, for budding magicians, and not too much older than you and that you are now, as budding magicians, we uh, we kind of we kind of stumble on the right to the right charge of response. Where you know, whereas Crowley said, uh, "Do what thou wilt should be the whole law," we said, "Know yourself, you are God." Actually, you know, I I had a short period where when we got when I got started, where I thought I was a thelemite, but both Regardy and McMurtry managed to talk me out of it. <laughs> they, yeah, <laughs> Thelema and yeah. Uh, Martinism is the same kind of thing for sure. The thing about uh, you know the Book of the Law is it, and a lot of a lot of I I can go along with a lot of the Book of the Law. The third chapter I can't quite I, I can't quite handle that because frankly to tell you the truth. I, I really have a have a lot of respect for uh, for Jesus and the basic early and the early principles of Christianity. I have a lot of respect for him, especially Valentinian Christianity. And uh, this it was originally Gnostic. And, uh, and, I, and I think I've seen that. I, I'm not as familiar with the OTA. Um, I was actually. Uh, I had only heard of the OTO, and then I, I found out about the OTA much later uh, along my journey. And I noticed that your guys' middle pillar ritual is more Kabbalist rather than, like, alchemical. And I thought that was really interesting. Well, it's actually our middle pillar. Our, our middle pillar is uh, is quite a bit different than what the Golden Dawn ended up using. Although our version of the middle pillar does come from the Stella Matutina's middle pillar that Regardi uh-huh. developed, and and all what what we did was we just took all the spheres and we followed the lightning flash, straightened the lightning flash out, and we got all the spheres. And but the difference between what the Golden Dawn ended up with and what you studied and in the builders of the Edom and all, not that that isn't good and not that it isn't valid, it is. But it's it's primarily alchemical, not astrological. The spheres, the planets are the spheres. You know, the planets within are the spheres. But if you notice the BOTA, the builders of the Adidam, and and the Golden Dawn, they put all the emphasis on the paths, the planets and the and the zodiac and the signs of the zodiac, and the elements all go on the paths, not the spheres. That, so, so what we've done is we've taken, we've taken the 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 middle pillar, and this this was we uh, we we think, and, and we have said, and I'm not going to say we're absolutely right, but I think we are, and there are some other <laughs> scholars who agree with us that uh, the the straight line psychic center system for all seven planets that are right straight down that that was the original Western system. It's, uh, you know, the Pythagorean music of the spheres, the monochord, uh, that was the original system. And, and, and uh, it's, 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 you can see it in, in, in Flood, you can see it in Gictal, you can see it in Borm, and, and that, that was the original Western, Western Rosicrucian tantric, you know, the tantric mm. system, the chakra, chakra system. Uh, and, oh, and, uh, I think that there's also, um, I could see those uh, those changes were also kind of carried over in uh, your guys' um, LBRP kind of Yassad lunar ritual uh, was very similar in 
and orientation to like this uh, uh, modified middle pillar. I think I think it's very interesting how everyone does the middle pillar or, or not the middle pillar, the LBRP a little bit differently. Um, you know, I've I've heard some people say uh, around us flame the pentagrams and above us shine the six ray star, which is different from you know the way that I learned it. And it's it's funny because. Uh, each of us have these different visualizations when we when we do these rituals, and uh, I think that these different variations can incite different results. Well, they, yeah, they can. But by the way, there's something else that uh, we should mention along with this. In the West, we are cursed in the West with a clockwork universe. Everything has to fit together and everything has to be like a uh, has to have to function like a clock and it all has to fit together. In the east and in, in the in in Tibet, they don't care. They've got a different psychic center system, a different chakra system for every deity they practice in Tibet. And and they could care less whether whether uh, uh chakra sambara matches up with uh Vajrayogi or they they can care less. They 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 don't care. You go and you go and go to the uh, there the particular temple of one deity, uh particular uh Lamasari and yeah, you do that one and, and do it their way and then and then you go over and do it somebody else's you do it their way and then then it doesn't matter to them. But we have to everything has to fit together. And and this caused kind of matters with that with what he did with the Enochian system. He had so many Force, he had so many force fits that he did with that Enochian system that, you know, if you look at it and uh, the way he fit it together, he, he was forcing, he, he was forcing, well, yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, Prothemius did some force fits too. Prothemius could never figure out where to put Raphael. Uh, you know, he, he he thought, well, maybe we'll put him in uh, put him in Tiferet, but then 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 maybe we'll put him in Hod. They never could figure out, so we ended up so we just ended up just putting Raphael wherever we want him, you know, whatever we think he fits <laughs> for what we want him to do. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're yeah. It's we're running interesting how a lot of the development. Um, like if we take a look at right after the what was the big sex scandal of 1912 or 13 or or whatnot. With, uh, you know, and Woodman, Westcott, and Mathers, you know, they were all Masonically based. And it's funny how the development of each of the four daughter um, organizations kind of spun off and then really kind of went their own way and developed, all, I, I don't want to say completely different, but, you know, Alpha Ed, Omega, Stella, uh, what is it, Matsutina, uh, Isis, Urania Temple, and the AA, they're all have very, very different teachings. And then, you know, just now I think the Hermetic Golden Dawn has kind of come back and, and the, it's, I don't want to say it's gimmicky, but, you know, I, I was listening with uh, Aaron Leach on, in one of his classes. And like he, he was saying, like the Enochian tablets shouldn't be colored, you know, like, like if you're going to be a traditionalist in the old way, like all of these organizations nowadays are color coordinated, a, I can't say a word today, coordinating, and um, they're trying to redevelop 
the system into a, like a postmodern way. But, you know, as, you know, Brian would tell you, traditionalism in some things is definitely the way to go because if it works, it, it works. Well, the problem with Enochian, as you know, there are two major schools of Enochian. There's the Golden Dawn Enochian, and then there's the Purist Enochian. And the guy that, that did the best best I could think of to put the two of them together was Lon Milo Duquette, who was a very good friend of mine. And Lon has a book called Enochian Visionary Magic. I don't know whether you've got it. But he takes both that Golden Dawn system and the D and the deep purist system, and he got Clay Holden to kind of referee the whole thing and put the two of you know and, and sort of put the two of them together and so and I think that Enochian no visionary magic is a delightful little book and and uh, it, it's my it's it's my favorite although I still I still use Schiller uh, I still use Schiller's uh, uh, original uh, book, uh, you know, when I when I go uh, for, for teaching, for teaching, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that, I that, think... that, yeah, Schiller's Anokian uh, magic is 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 excellent. I'm actually sad that a lot of organizations nowadays, you know, in the outer order, they'll focus on Kabbalah, astro- astrology, tarot, and just the basic rituals of purification, consecration, and start yeah. introducing geomancy. Whereas you really won't get into scrying, astral projection, alchemy, and Enochian elemental zodiacal rituals until the inner order. And then they then they feel that, oh, you're ready for the third order. Now we can do spirit communication, exorcism, invoking, evoking. But I think that Enochian should actually be introduced in the outer order a little bit earlier. Well, of course, I agree. I agree with you. And by the way, just this last year, we finally, after years and years and years, we'd start up the aethers, and we'd start them, and we did, and we'd run out of gas, you know, uh, uh, after we get to the first tier, we'd kind of run out of gas and stop, and then we'd start again, uh, and we'd start again, and we kept we kept doing it. Finally, last year, we finally, we finally got to, got to relay, and we finally, we finally finished them, and, and oh, boy, that was wonderful when we, we, we we had a celebration when we finished the, <laughs> we finally finished the Aethers. and uh, uh, I think that uh, that they, uh, the 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 inner order uh, uh, as far as they they should they should do the the, the, the top tier the top uh, you know the top ten and 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 I I kind of agree with this Mercer I don't know whether you read his Lever Karanzom or whatever but but he he thinks that that you should if you if you've gone all the way up if you've gone all the way up to adeptus minor that that you, you really don't need you really don't need to, to to do the lower you know the the lower twenty you could you can start with the top ten I think yeah. he's right there yeah yeah but I think he's right kind of like you know how you wrote about and and I can say this because it's in a book <laughs> I'm not revealing any secret hopefully they don't uh, target me with an egregore but. Um, you know, uh, Tommy Wensland with the uh, founded the SRC, and I think that there are many organizations just like that that condense a lot of Golden Dawn and just Hermetic teachings in general, um, and they condense them down into you know uh, almost fast track people. But the problem is you can overwhelm a lot of people doing stuff like that, and that's why uh, you know not just masonry, but I feel like a, a, while occultism. I think 
actual magicians, practice magicians are a dying art. And I feel that dabblers and, um, you know, people that just kind of halfway curious with it, but they're really just going to kind of abolish it and tarnish it. I think those are the majority nowadays. And it kind of makes me sad. Well, you're, you're going to have, I agree with you. And, and, and uh, everybody wants to read about it and they want to buy the books and they want to read about it. And they, and they want to kind of, kind of fantasize about maybe one of these days they'll do it, but they, but they don't. And then they, a lot of them just talk about it. And as you know, uh, I'm sure you know from having seen our videos and whatever, uh, we are we're very equipment oriented. We uh, we believe in in building building your tablets, building your equipment, building your building your triangle, your mirror, your circle, your order, the whole business, you know. And, oh, and yeah. make your make make your tools and and make your tools and do your work. And I'm a practical. A practical magician. I'm a theurgist, and I and 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 I and I and, and I'm also a pretty good carpenter and a pretty good uh, you know handicraft person. So I I love making magical equipment and and uh, you know doing a hands-on kind of a thing. And uh, this is what we should do. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to uh, along that line with your students and and the people you're working with. Get in there and do it. You know, put the robe on, get in there, and, and actually do it. Anyway, uh, we're running, we're running uh, a little over here. But uh, uh, what is your website? Because we want people, the uh, listeners, to get on your website, and we want them to okay. buy your book. My book, the Seeking Life, the Neophytes Notebook, is available online. You can even order it on uh, Barnes and Noble's website. Uh, you can go to my website and uh, check out my. Uh, Press kid and some music, and uh, that is CorringtonWheeler.org, spelled uh, C-O-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, Wheeler.org. And I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. I'm on all the social media. And uh, if anyone is uh, ever interested in uh, learning magic from me personally, I'm, uh, I also have my own society called the Ace Shea Society, and that's A-E-S-S-I-D-H Society. And uh, that's uh, oh, and I do have a new song coming out here in a few days. It's called Jack the Lantern. I flew out to Hollywood and uh, we recorded it. It was a great time. I think it's a great song. And we also have another single being released in January. And for uh, those of you listening that are my fans, um, I'm also working on a very unique album that will be comprised of uh, 19 unique Enochian calls. And every song will be of a different genre, style, and vocals. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, next week, uh, next week we're going to do a rebroadcast. I don't quite know what it is yet, but it'll be a good one. I want you all to check out Corgan's website and get that book and, and see if you can figure out that chapter that we, we referred to. That's uh, quite a challenge. And, Corgan, thanks so much for coming on board. We'll be following what you're doing, and we'll keep in touch. So, uh, as I said, we'll be back on station next week with another broadcast. Until then, good magic.